This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I want to welcome you to the Warning Radio Program. Today I'm going to continue where I left off yesterday on a message standing the test of time at Beacon of Truth Ministries in Kansas with Apostle Reuben Esch. Britain at one time when it was really under God was an empire that stretched around the world. No longer. The more they remove God, the more they have fallen. Again, Bible prophecy doesn't even mention them at the end. So are they wiped out or just so irrelevant that they're not shaping world policy any longer? But America is in that same situation. Where is America? Are we destroyed or are we so irrelevant? We've lost so much of our superpower status through war and our economic crash it's coming that we're not a power to be reckoned with. The British coronation, early 1960s, showed that many as third of the people believed that the queen had been chosen by God. And her coronation for Queen Elizabeth was saturated with Bible references, significant Bible scriptures. She's supposed to maintain the laws of God and the true profession of the gospel. He says, will you, O man, utmost of your power, maintain the United Kingdom, the Protestant Reformed religion established by law? I will. Will you preserve under the bishops and clergy of England and the churches there committed to their charge all such rights and privileges by law, the back scriptures, absolute truth? I will. Britain now has lost its faith, king, and lost its moral moorings at the same time. She swore to maintain Britain's religion. She's failed. She's outwardly courting the Vatican now when she swore in her coronation to oppose him. If you know British history, they had war over that to the Protestant. So that's just a little sampling of where Britain is going. Let's have a little sampling of the left's hatred. It says, why are so many on the left genuinely delusional? It's been said that one definition of insanity is starting with a disastrous, flawed premise and then arguing and acting perfectly for it. Flawed premise, like ISIS. A flawed premise. But totally dedicated to a medieval Islamic worldview. Convinced they're restoring world civilization to a divine-inspired 7th century legal system followed by a literal interpretation of the Quran. And in doing so, ushering in an apocalyptic event, a crisis to usher in the Mahdi. In other words, they want a nuclear war. That's why Iran wants nuclear weapons. They feel once they engage in nuclear war, world war, the Mahdi will come back. Abortion, a flawed idea. No longer a baby, call it a fetus, call it tumors. You can remove tumor, cancer, you can't kill a baby. So we're going to change the name, it's a fetus. All science says it's a baby, but they've ignored truth. They've gone into mental illness or insanity. And if you come against them, it's rage. I mean, that's what's out there. Whether it's homosexuality, LBGT, lesbianism, abortion, come against it. And they have rage against you because they've gone into basically a form of mental illness, which psychologists say. They can't see reality. This is not a bunch of cells or just tumors. It's a baby. We've known it's a baby for the history of the world until now. When we've given a different name so we can, through our civilization, kill him. By law. Until 1973, if a mother killed the baby or anybody killed the baby, even a doctor, you arrested him and put him in prison. If you performed an abortion, 1973 and prior, you were arrested for murder. 73 and prior in America, if you committed homosexuality, you were arrested for deviant behavior, for sodomy, and put in prison. That's not that long ago. 
The American states used to have the death penalty for a homosexual. States throughout America. That's how we looked at it with absolute truth. Basically, you took the laws of God. Death. Our states used to kill homosexuals legally. They don't like to hear this history, but I quote it all the time. I name the states and what the penalties in those states were all the time, even on television. I name the states and this is what your state did. Death, death, death. Life imprisonment at hard labor. I think that's what New York did. Well, how did we change so fast? We considered it so evil and debauchery and hurting a nation that we killed them. And now it's an alternate lifestyle. And if you come against it, we attack you. Something isn't quite right. Here this says they classify a fetus. Now, simply excess tissue like a tumor. As Planned Parenthood and other abortion clinics have counseled millions of desperate young women for decades, then not only is abortion perfectly fine, anybody opposing it is a lunatic. After all, can you imagine people marching and picketing and praying outside a hospital to protest removal of tumors? If the fetus is just a tumor like a mass tissue, you can get rid of it any time in any way you want. But if it's a baby, you're killing a precious human being. So they've reclassified things, even though it's scientifically it's insane, medically it's insane, but we've done it anyway. Because if you reject truth, the Bible says you fall under deceivableness so you can believe a lie. Are you getting an idea why we're so divided in America? And if you're on that side, and if we as Christians try to defend the side of God, that spirit of Satan, evil spirits, that hatred who hates the seed of Jesus Christ manifests against you. There is sheer hatred out there against anybody that comes against their values. Hatred. Dr. Gothka gave 10 reasons why she's no longer a leftist. She calls it their toxic world of hate. They want to destroy something and because they hated something rather than because they wanted to build something. If you went to an anti-war rally because you hate Bush, not because you loved peace. That's when Obama bombed. You didn't hold any anti-war rally because you did not hate Obama. In other words, no matter what Trump does, it's wrong because he's Trump. But if Obama did it, it's just fine. But Trump is trying to stop this new world order. Trump is trying to re-event Christian values. So whatever he does, it's wrong. He can't do anything right. Sure hate. I wrote three articles on homosexuality. We don't have time to get in them. But Philippians 3, 8 through 10. Let's look at it. Yea, doubtless, I call all things but loss for me, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ." Be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness of God by faith, that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, be made conformable unto death, that I might know him. We talked about joy. I began yesterday on joy because I wanted to get some real positive messages in before. Now, this one is going to end positive. You just hang in there. Amen. But I don't think it does anybody any justice by ignoring reality. If we don't see reality, how can we defend ourselves and fight it so it doesn't come to our own home? Or maybe we can prevent it in our own state. Maybe we aren't totally destroyed in America because we do enough to save our being wiped out. There are some countries that will fight the Antichrist. Wouldn't it be something if Donald Trump with his proclamation and the church rallied and had a revival and we rose up and we fought the Antichrist? Wouldn't that be neat? Well, hope, faith, and victory, I think we should try. I'm a warrior. I was born for this end time revival. My wife used to always say it, John, you were born for this day. 
Well, I was. I'm excited to defend the gospel, to defend absolute truth, to be an ambassador to Christ around the world. Not that I don't have to pray for myself. I have to pray for myself a lot. I have a lot of threats against me. I've got people right now threatening suits and everything else that we got to pray and, and defeat. But I was not born to run. I was not born to hide. I was not born to go be a little hermit somewhere. I was born like a David. And so were you. Amen? We were born to defend our Lord, our Savior, our God. That's what this church name, Beacon of Truth, let it shine loud and clear. We were born to defend the gospel and absolute truth of Jesus. When he returns, he removes evil governments. He puts in righteous leaders. I hope I'm counted worthy, maybe, to be put in some position someday. Then I can hire Obama to carry out the garbage. <laughs> I won't have to hire him. He'll be my slave. Maybe they'll let him out of his retaining cell long enough. Amen? Amen. We were born for this day. Now remember, joy is a choice. Remember, even through suffering, as they rejoiced, miracles happened, earthquakes happened, they were released from prison. Even Stephen, I believe, I've read Fox's Book of Martyrs, so many of them didn't seem to feel pain because God rose up, and it was God going through that again. God rose up in them. They saw Jesus. They had eternal life. They weren't afraid of death because we never die. We are eternal. We don't die. When you understand that principle, we don't die, you're very dangerous. Do you really understand it? Good. Are you going to be a strong warrior? I believe it. Are you going to be a strong warrior? Are you really going to be one? Are you really going to be one? Yes. You better be. <laughs> He'll be one. He'll be one. He'll be one. He'll be one. We are building strong warriors. Strong men of God. Strong women of God. Strong Esthers. Amen? I got four daughters. I, I believe in women too. God uses women. He uses men. He uses all of us. He uses children. We could give so many testimonies of children, their faith, and God honoring, and miracles coming, because many children, they just believe it. They don't doubt. I could give you so many testimonies if we had time of miracles through children. It's fantastic. I remember the first miracle I saw was, I was fairly young, but, you know, I watched my dad. My dad was a minister, and God used him in healing and stuff like this. And, and so my dad was grooming me and let me pray for somebody in a church, and the guy's finger just popped straight out. And I felt pretty good. But, you know, I didn't doubt anything. I'm watching Dad. People are getting healed. Hey, I can do this. You know, be healed. And God honored it. And the finger went straight. Are you hearing me? We can. Amen? We can pray for people. You girls can pray for people. God uses all of us. If we believe. And some children, they just believe it. God said it, I believe it. They believe in their parents. And so what the parents say, they believe. Let's look at this a little bit more. That I might know him. We need to know Jesus as the center of our life. We need to know him personally. We need to know him deeply. Time with God is crucial. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I choose joy in all circumstances. I know who I believe. And I know the authority I have through Christ Jesus. As you know him deeply, as you know him personally, fear disseminates. And you can go through any battle knowing that you can be victorious. And you wait on him for direction. That I might know him personally. I might know him deeply. I might know him experimentally. You have the experience. Paul says that I might know him. 
And Paul wanted to know him in his suffering. Not too many people want to know him that way. You know, Peter wanted to be crucified upside down, saying, I'm not worthy to die as Jesus. And that was a level of relationship that a lot of people don't have. We want to try to escape suffering. They were willing to suffer. Not only that, they counted it. God's counting me worthy to suffer. I am willing to do it. I mean, what an attitude. It's an attitude I hope if I face death. Now, Daniel 1.8, I have purposed already in my heart that I'm not going to deny my God. Daniel purposed in his heart before any problems ever came. He had weighed the cost. He purposed in his heart. When they made the law against worshiping God, he opened it and worshiped him anyway. He knew the penalty was in the lion's den, but he had purposed in his heart. We need to purpose in our heart. No matter what comes, we are going to not deny our God. This is your time, Titus. You have purpose now in your heart for the future, haven't you? You have made a purpose. You have purposed in your heart. Carry this battle. I have purposed in my heart. I want no regrets when I stand before the Lord. If I know I'm dying, I want no regrets. I used my time wisely. I was faithful. I represented the Lord. I want no regrets. And that's where we are we can do that. We can say from now on, I am purposing in my heart. I want no regrets anymore. There will be no more regrets. I'm going to serve God faithfully. And when that day comes, I will not be ashamed to stand before the Lord wishing I had more time. Some people wish they had more time and they don't have more time. And they have a lot of regrets. A lot of people have a lot of regrets at the end. I don't want regrets. I'll tell you, Pastor, I don't want regrets. I have purposed in my heart. I'm going harder than ever before. And I am right now. God has still given me my health and my strength, and I'm going hard. I have purposed in my heart. I have count the cost. And I want eternal rewards. I want God to be pleased with me. I don't want to lay there and say, I wish I would have done things different. I wish I wouldn't have wasted my time. Whatever we've done in the past, repent, put it under the blood. Like pastor said, repent quickly, forgive, move on. Move in joy. You don't allow the devil to condemn you for your past. It's over. But from now till the end, we can purpose in our heart, we're going to please God. We're going to serve God. Amen? Amen? We can purpose in our heart, we're going to know God. That I might know him deeply. Paul says, dunamis. He knew him deeply. So the God in him, the Holy Spirit, Pentecost, released energy. Released energy. Paul was full of the Holy Ghost. That's where his style came out of him. It was the Holy Ghost. It was that released power of God. That's why he was so determined. That's why he could boast in the Lord. He wasn't bragging. He was using it as an example. I want you to be willing to suffer for God too. Not that we want to love suffering, but we should be willing if we're asked to. That's what Paul was saying. But it was that doomless power, that knowing God, that motivated him. It was that counting the cost. It was making that decision like Daniel 1.8, purposing in his heart, he's going to please God. He had persecuted the church. His eyes were open. He saw the reality. Now, he says, for the rest of my life, I'm going to please God. I'm going to know him. I'm going to serve him. I have purposed in my heart to make my last years count, Paul said. I've done a lot of terrible things to the church. But man, once he repented and he purposed in his heart, I'll tell you what, Paul was a dynamic Christian. It used to be my favorite book to preach out of or the, the books he wrote. Because, man, that guy was a warrior. 
And I liked that. I liked his determination. I liked his style. I liked his willingness to suffer if God asked him to. Again, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I want to suffer, but I'm saying I want to be willing to suffer. There's a difference, amen? We want to be willing to if that's what it takes. Instead of denying our God, we want to be willing to be criticized or arrested. But I will not deny him. I pray for myself when I go in parliaments. I don't know what will happen to me in some of these countries. I don't know what will happen to me in America sometimes. You know, the other side has rage against us nowadays. But man, I lay hands on myself. I purpose in my heart. When I'm done, I know I want God pleased with me. I've done my best. and I didn't misrepresent him. And I shared what he said. And then I'm happy. I sit down or I go out. And I sleep good that night that God is pleased with me. But I don't like it if I did not represent him well. And that's not a good sleep. I want God pleased with me. I choose to please God, not people. I have a blog. One of the blogs says, I choose to please God, not people. I choose to please God. Now, I choose to love people, but I have to please my God. Sometimes loving people, you don't please them because they might not like our choices. But I choose to be accepted by God. When we know God, then the gift clusters, the Holy Spirit starts to manifest through our life. Not only the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, you know, joy, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, self-control, but the power gifts of the Holy Spirit, you know, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, visions and dreams, manifestations, the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, tongues and their interpretations thereof, the power gifts, as we know him, it all develops. We need to covet the good things, that Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, is so important for our effectiveness to live the Christian life. See, Jeff, you are so determined as a fisherman and a hunter, and I hope the same determination as a man of God. Amen? I love you. I've always liked you. Like I said, I watched him today. I said, man, this guy knows how to fish. I knew he knew how to hunt because I watched some of the pictures. But man, I want that same passion in serving God. And maybe you got it. But we all need to have that same downright passion to serve God, and no matter what we do. Amen? That passion to be effective wherever we are. That passion. You will lead people and affect people that I will not. You'll be in places I will not. Wherever God's called you to be, just be passionate about pleasing God in that place. And that's what brings revival in a community. You'll be places Pastor Reuben will not. He'll be places you're not. We're not all called to the same assignment. But we are called to be passionate about our God. We're all called to serve him faithfully. And I believe Daniel 1.8, all of us need to purpose in our heart. When we know him, then we know ourself. Then we can build a healthy family. When you know God deeply and personally, that's the best thing you can do for your family. A woman that wants to marry a man does the man know God deeply? Does he want to know God deeply? Does he desire to know God? Very important. If you're looking at a man and you don't see that he is serious about God, look the other way. Just look the other way. He's not worth your attention. Can I say that, fathers? Amen? My daughters, man, I wanted them to look at a man that loved God and was very seriously, passionately in relationship with God. Then I knew, hey, this man can take care of my daughter, can love her, can support her. Because if you're passionate about God, you're not a lazy bum. You know how to work. 
You know how to tend the garden. You know how to cultivate. You know how to walk with Jesus. Catch fish. You can build a happy family when you know God. You can stand before God for the people. When you know God personally, passionately, you can stand before God for your family. You can intercede properly with conviction. When you know God, you can stand before God's people. How can you stand before God's people if you don't know God? People do it all the time. They say some dead little sermonette, but they don't know God. Who is interesting to listen to? People that passionately know God. Amen? There's life in their message. There's life there. There's the life of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. It's life. It's dunamis. It's a logos come alive. When we know God, we can be his representative. We can be his prophet. Again, we can build a healthy family. We can say, please forgive me. I'm wrong. When you know God, you can admit when you make a mistake. You know, the saddest thing is your pride stops you from saying, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Very sad. Quick to forgive, quick to repent, not only to God, but to each other, keeps relationships strong. I said, I'm sorry to my wife a lot. I was a man, I wasn't perfect. So I said it more in the beginning. I was even less perfect. <laughs> yeah, it's okay if women left. We aren't perfect men. Women aren't perfect either. It's good to say sorry to each other when we need to, right? When we know God, we can do that. I never wanted a problem when I went to bed. I wanted no problem, nothing ever interfering with that relationship. I wanted it over because God doesn't like a breach in relationship and it would bother me. Now, I don't want a breach in relationship with anybody, especially my wife. When we know God, we can equip the saints for the work of the ministry. When we know God, we can help the hurting into wholeness. When we know God, we can realize every believer has a work to do if you're a leader. My job to equip the saints is to help them find and do their gifting and their job. I'm supposed to help the people grow into the image of God and serve God. Know their giftings. Enhance their giftings. Just like a fisherman enhances his skill or a hunter. You know, a good hunter who always gets his deer or something, a turkey, elk, it's not by fluke. He knows when you hunt him at morning and night. He knows that at night they come down in the valleys. He knows in the morning they go back up in the higher hills. He knows the places they feed. He knows where he can ambush them. There's a skill to it if you're successful, isn't there? Yeah. I haven't hunted since 85, but I used to get it every single time. Got about 12 deer and hunted elk once. Got it first day. But I studied my quarry. If I was going to be a good fisherman after today, I know i got to study a lot. Man, I'm just listening to Daniel and Jeff just rattle off everything. Impressive, huh? But see, that's what I would do if I was a serious fisherman. Believe me, I would learn. To know God, we want to help the hurting into wholeness. When we know God, we go and heal the sick. When we know God, we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. To know God, we present the kingdom attractively. Attractively. I like to present it so even the children like it and enjoy it and no fear because we know God is there and nobody can touch us unless God allows it and angels are around us and we don't have to be afraid. Angels are with us right now and you don't have to be afraid. I got a giant angel there, okay? Nobody's going to touch us. When I go into places and nations of, seriously, I remind myself, okay, you got a giant angel. I even saw him once. You're okay, John. Yes, you remember the promises of God in the word of God as well as the victories you've had. 
I quote the promises of God all the time. I look back at previous victories. God's not going to fail me now. We don't have to be afraid. I'm eternal. I don't die. God is in me. The angels are around me. His blood is over me. I'm going to have a tremendous reward. Maybe, who knows? If we're faithful, he's going to give us responsibility when he returns. We are going to have responsibility. We're not just on a silly little cloud strumming a harp. What a boring life. We're going to have responsibility to rule and reign over the world for a thousand years. Who knows? We might be a governor somewhere. It'd be nice to be in Jerusalem somewhere with Jesus himself. <laughs> Amen. Wherever it is, I'll be faithful. I'm enjoying serving him on earth right now. I go to Korea next month. In about two weeks, I'll be in Korea. I'm going to enjoy representing him in Korea. My message is the only hope for Korea is the church. That's what I'm going to preach. Donald Trump is not going to save Korea. I'm going to preach the only hope for Korea is the church. And the God in you, the Holy Spirit, can make it happen. He has that power through you. And he'll lead you. You can bring peace to this nation. We can see miracles today. So if we know God, we present the kingdom attractively. We engage the culture. We become indispensable to our city. We can become valuable where this community knows beacon of truth for its good works. We keep a global vision, a global vision. You're always going on mission trips. He's going on a mission trip here to India at the end of November. If we know God, we keep a global vision because our God is the God of the world and the bride of Christ around the world. We keep a global vision. We're a New Testament church. We're a missions church. John 3.16, God so loved the world. Matthew 28.18, go and preach to every creature. To know God passionately, we avoid fads. We don't get caught in stupidity. Amen? We don't have to get caught up in stupidity. We're solid as a rock. Stay centered in biblical revelation. Walk in the word, in wisdom, in power. I wrote something in my Bible. Stay steady as the rock, anointed and powerful as the apostles, dedicated and committed as the prophets, determined never to compromise as the martyrs. See, this is what I want to do. Steady as a rock. I want to be steady as a rock. The sure foundation. Jesus Christ. Anointed and powerful as the apostles. Powerful men in God that shook the world. Twelve shook the world. We're shaking the nations. Dedicated and committed as the prophets. I have purpose in my heart. Whatever happens. I want to live the rest of my life with no regrets. Whatever happens. Whatever the cost. I don't want to fail God. I don't want to compromise. And I determined never to compromise as the martyrs. I'm not begging to be one, but I'm not running away from it either. I'm not running away. I've sat in cells. I've been persecuted. I've been threatened. I've got threats right now against me. I am determined never to compromise. I'm not going to run. I'm running to the battle, not away. I'm going to pick up Goliath's sword and cut his head off. We're going to root the enemy and let the church rise up in faith like the armies of Saul and take territories and nations. Amen? Praise the Lord. This is Dr. Hansen. I hope you've enjoyed this warning radio program. I do need your help financially to stay on this station. Telephone 360-629-5248. 360-629-5248. Or you can give by my website, www.worldministries.org. God bless you.